I was listening to a lot of good preaching yesterday. Everybody was preaching so good. I think I'm going to have me some apple turnovers ice cream today. No, I'm just playing. Last night, I told this couple that I heard their poodle say that he wanted to go home with me. I like to be silly sometimes. I like to make people smile. I like to make them laugh sometimes. I'm supposed to be doing an episode with my oldest daughter, but she's doing her own stuff. She knitting blankets and hats with my granddaughter and doing a bunch of stuff that she's been wanting to do for a while. She's been so inspired lately, and I'm so proud of her. But I got a lot to say today, so let's get started. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that this episode be inspiring and encouraging and enlightening to raise awarenesses and cause people to think on a higher level about their life and what's going on in their life. And I just thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Last week, I was talking about how sometimes we perceive ourselves in negative ways without realizing it. Then I realized sometimes when we believe or even am so sure we have the right perception, it's still not right. Last week I was doing my devotional in the morning like I do every morning before I start my day. Now, I'm always telling people to always strive for what they want. Don't never stop. Don't let no one stop you. And I will swear up and down that this is exactly what I practice myself. While I do a little here and I do a little there, thinking that I'm really getting something done, I could always tell someone at any time what it is that I am working on because I'm always working on something. But look at what my devotional said about what it means to strive for something. Striving involves devoting serious effort and energy to something. It usually includes struggle. And I'm thinking, that has to mean to finish what you started. You know, not just to start something and not finish it, which is what I constantly do all the time. I was not aware that strive is described this way. I was under the impression that to strive was more like a path, not an effort. This changed my whole mind about what I've been doing all this time. While being enlightened that I actually have not been truly striving at all, but I honestly thought that I was. But this is something that I know that Father God knows about me and how I think. That awareness has changed everything. I believe that as long as you didn't change your mind about what it was that you would eventually do with or in your life, that it was considered striving. See how off I was? But you know... That's okay, though, because I know now, and now I can let the next man know so they don't make the same mistakes. It let me know, too, that sometimes we have to check how we think about what we believe because we could be wrong. 
not fully understanding that what we perceive is not true. I mean, this is when we are putting our whole heart into something that no one could tell us we are wrong about. At the end of the day, what does it matter if what we are content with believing is good for us when not only is it holding us down, keeping us stuck on the wrong path, but ultimately it's never going to grant us the satisfaction we are looking for, but not end up getting us to where we want to be. This is why I ask Father God so many questions about my life or how I'm supposed to be because I know that he will always put me on the right path. If I put that kind of power in people's hands, they can lead me down whatever path they choose. That is whether it is good or bad, detrimental or healthy. They will be able to mold and shape me however they want to. That is why it is good to be in tune with, in touch with, and aware of who you are so you can know what it is, what is best for you paying attention to what's going on with you thinking for yourself now something serious happened last week that really got me thinking about what it means to be a christian i kind of didn't want to share this but i i think it's helpful and since i like to cause people to think i'm gonna share share with you you know people are always talking like why ain't this person doing this or that as if it's all about the Benjamins in in respect to like with their life you know what they're working on their jobs or aspirations what they're striving for in order to become more financially stable When people are out here struggling with some serious demonic attacks and as if we are not dealing with a spiritual battle, as if they are not getting attacked too, that's why we need to stop talking about people, judging them and putting them down when we don't know what other people are dealing with, struggling with, or battling in their mind, body, and emotions as if life is a game. Instead of praying for them, giving them an encouraging word and lifting them up. Who cares about what somebody got when there are other people in the world struggling and going through hell and high water? This is real. We need to be sincere about this war we are in, about the attacks we have instead of always trying to act like we got it all together all the time when we know we don't, when we are losing a battle that we should be winning because all we can think of is are we impressing the next man when other people are suffering and enduring some extreme hardships but they can't tell nobody because all everybody is going to do is talk about them like a dog and say how weak they are when they know they are not so strong all the time those times in the middle of the night that no one knows about when they are in one of the biggest battles of their life just to survive only to wake up in the morning and act like nothing happened no remember those times don't forget them so you can relate to the next person when you see that apparently they are going through a really hard tough time 
because their whole demeanor has changed. They're looking like their entire world is coming to an end. So clearly they are dealing with something and instead of people praying for them, coming together to hold them up, they wanna talk about what they ain't doing right or what they are doing wrong. Why they ain't got this or that. That is stuff. I'm talking about real people. I wanna talk about why we should stop smoking or drinking, especially as a Christian. Not because it makes someone look bad or because most men or women are not attracted to someone who smokes or it is frowned upon because people do not like how it smells. No, it is because when you crucify the flesh, it allows the Holy Spirit to have more control, allowing you to be able to walk in the Spirit and empower so we can come against these attacks that are jacking us up every day. There is no way that we should have as much power as we have and get jacked up the way we do. For my people perish, right, because of lack of knowledge. We have the full armor of God, not so we can walk around looking cute like we do when, we're, when we wear military fatigue. No, it is a shield and weapons to prepare us for a fight. That is whether you are ready or not. And yet when we see someone struggling to stop drinking, smoking, or doing drugs, all we do is talk about them. We fully know that Father God answers the fervent prayers of the righteous, and they avail it much, or that I can put a thousand to flight, and two could put ten. So if we get serious and pray, then they would stop drinking, stop smoking, and change. It is not a game. Life is not a game. It is serious. I remember there was a person that used to do drugs for a very long time. Over 20, 20 years. And I used to pray and pray and I used to tell people all the time, you know, I'm not going to ever stop praying for that person to stop doing drugs because I know that Father God is capable of getting that person off of drugs and I really want to see them get delivered and people used to tell me I don't know why because they're doing what they want to do they want to be on drugs they want to be doing that and you know what I would say I I just can't believe or wrap my mind around believing and settling for believing that that person want to be on drugs because I just did not believe that and I knew it wasn't good for their life and I just kept on praying no matter how long it was and they stopped doing drugs and they told me that they used to pray all the time for Father God to help them get off of drugs and he just took it away from him one day. So, you know, it's not enough to just say, well, they shouldn't be doing 
this or that. Father God answers to fervent prayers of the righteous. So if you really want to see someone stop doing something that you feel like it's not any good for them, then why not pray for them? Because talking about them surely is not going to help them. We need to pray for those that are over us too so they can be strong enough to help us. You know, I've always appreciated a good leader because they are great to have. We understand and like it when leaders help, not just sit around telling others what to do. Well, good leaders like people under them that put in the work too. People who strengthen them, encourage them, motivate them and work. Not just sit back expecting them to do the work all the time too. You know, people seem to act like they don't understand this too. As if somehow their leader is supernatural or something. But I thought about it and I was like, not only was this something I knew wasn't true and knew other people should know, but who don't have responsibilities. Everybody has some kind of responsibilities and understand it comes with and demands work. I don't care if that is, it's time to go stand on the corner with a sign asking for money for hours because if you don't, you're not going to get no money, period. So people are fully aware of if you don't do some work, there is too many people that don't want to put in the work. There's a lot of Christians talking about or singing how they are a soldier in the army of the Lord. Well, soldiers fight. You run up on a soldier and everybody already knows they represent fighting. They are prepared all the time. They train for it all the time. They don't just walk around with great bodies for no reason. Who looks like who looks like that without working out? I know because I used to look like that. I used to I used to stay fit all the time, but I was working out all the time too. When I was watching TV, I was working out. When I was walking home from work, I was working out. Shoot. When I went when I went to work and worked as hard as I did, I was working out. When I helped my mom in the yard, I was working out. As a Christian, it is work. Sometimes you can't get a good night's sleep because you gotta pray. Sometimes all night, you don't have time to hang out because you gotta study your word. Sometimes you gotta just spend time with Father God so you can get to know him better. How can anyone bond with someone else without spending time with them? How else can we get direction instruction or guidance if we don't ever listen to what the spirit is telling us to do then we wonder why we are losing when we should be winning yeah we get the victory after we get all jacked up but it's not supposed to be that way I love leaders they know stuff that everybody else don't know Father God gives them wisdom and information don't nobody else have under them. 
good leader is going to help everyone win. But they cannot do it alone. They need help. Moses, as great as he was, he needed other people to hold his hands up. Not just so he could be such a great man, but so everybody could win. Everybody or anybody else couldn't do it. Because Father God didn't tell them. He told him to do it. But if those under him would not do their part, they all lose. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody has a role. That is, is it's as poor, is, it is as important as everybody else's. I was, I've always prayed for leaders. I've always prayed to, for Father God to strengthen leaders because I know that they have a lot of work to do and I know and I realize that they get attacked more than the average person because they're trying to accomplish something to help a lot of other people. So the attacks that come against them is more than the average person. It's like when I worked in the hospital, I used to always talk to the medical students and the doctors, and I would tell them that I understood that, you know, people, they see them as so strong all the time, but they don't realize they get attacked more than the average person because they're trying to do something with their life to help other people. So the opposition that comes against them is far greater than an average person that's not trying to do anything to help other people. So they end up dealing with more adversity than the average person. They end up dealing with more hardship and more painful situations than the average person. And then on top of that, they have to stay stronger. So the more prayers that they get, the better and more stronger they can be to be able to help other people. So to pray for those that are over us to stay strong is to help ourselves. You know, my dad, he was a soldier was in the Air Force and he was uh, he retired as a staff sergeant and I like to say that my mother was is a sergeant too but in the spirit she's been a sergeant all my life that I could see and when you go around her home is like a church because it's always full of the anointing you know that's all she do is is read her bible pray listen to gospel you know you feel the presence of the lord all the time that is a sergeant Somebody who always have their mind focused on Father God, praying for other people.
people and being effective in leading them towards Father God, towards making sure that they read the entire Bible for yourself, to become strong enough to be able to pray for yourself. Not always coming to her, but strong enough to pray for yourself and be effective in getting your prayers and answered. But anyway, he fought, he fought in a war, got hurt, then went back out to fight some more. He received the Purple Heart. That is a soldier. They're going to put in the work for a common goal, working together with their fellow soldiers to get the job done. In a battle, they don't care if they like everybody, get along with everybody, or agree with everyone on their team. They're going to do their part to win, period. That's a soldier. We are not just what we see, but we are spiritual, which changes everything. It is so deep that it cannot be denied or avoided at any cost. Guilt can ruin the wealthiest person's day, and hope alone can bring joy to the lowliest. Yet who can explain it because you can't see or put your hands on it, but it is more real than reality itself. Who is so wise to be able to explain how destiny is determined or the chain of events that are experienced in anyone's life on a daily basis? No one. Who can tame a person's soul or determine how one thinks? No one. How can one event or series of events destroy one person's life? Then turn around and bring a new beginning to another. Who knows? No one. So why waste valuable time trying to figure out something that is impossible to figure out, as opposed to making sense of what you can make sense of? Obtaining the highest level of success that is within your power to attain. Doing what is in your means to do while making sure that every means is done to cause this to happen is the only way to achieve this, right? People can try to criticize you for what you should have, could have done, or put you down for all the mistakes that you have made, which you probably wouldn't try to deny. But let's face it, everything we do, cause, or what happens, even involving us, simply cannot be explained all the time. So why is so much of people's lives or time wasted on trying to grasp it? It makes sense to stay focused on the right path and keep pushing forward no matter what happens. I wanted to share an excerpt of my book that I have published online and I wanted to tell the story of how that book came about I 
where I was working at the hospital, I used to talk to the doctors and the medical students, the professionals, even the psychiatrists about how I wanted to write books for a living and how long I have been wanting to. So one day, a surgeon, and I probably should be remembering their names, but I know you know who he is. But one day, he told me, you know, Della, um, you're always talking about writing these books all the time, but you need to just go ahead and just do it. Because once you do it, then it'll make it easier for you to do. And at the time that I wrote this book, um, he said, don't think about nothing except just getting it done. And, and, you know, after that, it'll be easier and easier to do. So at the time that I wrote it, I was really, really, really going through a lot at that time. And I just wanted to do it. I just wanted to get it done. I just, because I, I figure he know what he's talking about. He's a professional. You know, he was a, he wasn't only a doctor, but he was a surgeon. He was a specialist in the field that he worked in. So I knew he knew what he was talking about. So that's what I did. And, and I wouldn't say that it was the greatest job, but I didn't focus on that. I focused on doing what he said and I found it to be beneficial, although I haven't accomplished the next one, but I'm working on it and I'm closer to getting it done faster than I've ever with any project that I've ever worked on besides this one, two weeks. And, um, but with this one, I didn't really focus on perfecting it. And then other issues came up to, you know, me not being able to get in there and put it into paperback because I was supposed to put it in paperback so that I could have it, uh, put into the San Bernardino publication um, and I never ended up getting a chance to, to do that but uh, eventually I do plan on working on it, editing it perfecting it and putting it into paperback but anyway that's the story behind this book but one of the um, excerpts about this one of the subjects is called major aspect my detrimental self it says having been thrown off track many times before from whatever I was focused on at the time is what has caused me to value my perspective dearly it has literally built the foundation for my stability at one point I think I really took this insight for granted which proves the point that what one takes for granted, they will lose. Even though I'm the same person with the same intelligence, resources, common sense, so I prefer to think so. Genuine concerns and values. There was a span of time where it felt as if I had no knowledge of who I was anymore. 
Every endeavor that I attempted to achieve was met with fear, confusion, and doubt. How had it gotten to this gotten like this? I wondered. I realized that if my circumstances were going to get straightened out or anywhere near normal for me, I needed to figure out when or how did it get so out of hand. How do I go about fixing it? Of course, it was clear that this thought was better said than done, which had become my reality. Regardless of how I may have felt about causing others to misjudge me by allowing them to have the wrong perception of me, by how I went about carrying myself, giving the impression of comparing myself to others, or how I from how I mishandled my affairs, it could not hinder me unless I let it. Once I permitted my guard to fall, I realized that what works for one person does not necessarily mean it will work for someone else. What works for you will work for you. I heard a pastor this weekend when I um when I try to do what others he said when I try to do what others do I can't. God won't let him. And his name was uh, Pastor Torrance Moore. That was on the uh, uh, church, the Lighthouse Church. But um, the scripture that I used for this was James 1.8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We have to stick to the script and not be flip-flopping. One minute we're doing the right thing. The next minute we we not, but expecting to keep stability. Holding on to my beliefs and values have proven to be the solid foundation that kept me on the right path. It was the basis for how I see myself in the mirror, affected how I felt about who I was, and allowed me to maintain how much I respected what kind of a person I was. Until this point, I guess, I took for granted how well my life had flowed. As if it was inevitable, it took this turn of event to give me the right perspective on how much our standards keep our life in order. So after, um, so the other day in my journey to stay on this path, I listened to an audio book of, uh, by, uh, James Allen. It's called As a Man Thinking. I absolutely love this book. And Sidney Poitier, The Measure of a Man. Um, I love Sidney Poitier's book because it is so rich in wisdom. It doesn't even seem like his autobiography, but a book of wisdom. I like to read these kinds of books because they enrich my knowledge of wisdom and how I should be thinking. I realized that not having the right mindset is how I ended up getting off track because the mind of the flesh does not look out for our best interest, right? In Romans 8, 6, 8 in the uh, NIV, 
it says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Wow. So this lets me know that we have two minds. I did not fully understand that. So it makes sense that we have to constantly condition our mind, basically force it to be subjected to what is best for us. In the in the King James Version, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. For those that want to be in peace, here you go. I guess this is why it says in Philippians 2.5, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. In Philippians 2.4, right before this, it says, Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. But yet people say all the time, it is a dog-eat-dog world. Or only the strong survive as if looking out for your own best interest all the time, regardless of who you leave in the dust is the best. So scriptures like Romans 12.2 makes perfect sense when it states to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I said that to say, last week I was listening to Noel Jones. He has a Wednesday noonday uh, uh, Bible study that I anticipate watching every single Wednesday. I love listening to him break down the Bible so that I can figure it out for myself. He does an excellent job of teaching. But anyways, last week he was talking about how when we eat too much sugar, but I don't think it was last week, it was the week before then, and this is not scriptural, but kind of is scriptural because it's talking about how um, the mind controls the body, but I'm not sure if that's the reason why he was saying it. I'm just relating it to this since I'm um, speaking in lines of the scripture and how uh, the mind do does have control of the flesh. But anyways, last week he was talking about um, how when we eat too much sugar, when it is not necessary, like putting it in foods when we don't have to, it causes our body to crave sugar more and more. Now, when he said this, I wasn't paying attention to this. But after he said it, I started paying more attention to it and using less sugar. Now, I start eating a lot more fruit with all my meals. And the other day, at the end of the day, I noticed that I was craving fruit. So when I thought about what I ate that day, I realized that I had not eaten, eaten any fruit that day. So my mind was conditioning my flesh 
to do what my mind wanted to do. The point is, it starts in the mind. It starts with a conscious decision to do the right thing. So, last but not least, I wanted to share a little poem that I wrote. Um, because It's called Determination. If random acts of kindness can comfort the soul and continuous acts of cruelty can break a spirit, but the will of every man lies at his own feet. If no man has control of his own fate and our actions set the path for our destiny, but no one knows the heart of a man but God, If death and life is in the power of the tongue, and attitude determines altitude, then how far are you willing to go to make your dreams come true? Now with that, I will say bye for now. And if you like this episode, then hit the like, share, or subscribe button. And remember, There really is a God.